0: What up, folks? People like games. It's Reggie with People Like Games. We got a new setting, but it's still the same old show. So let's get right into it. At this point, whether you've played it or not, everyone knows what League of Legends is. Most people, players included, know it is one of the most toxic games of them all. And that's probably true. But such toxicity is only possible when you've got such a massive player base. So how did this project from two guys who knew nothing about game development become the biggest game in the world? That's what I'm here to answer today on part two of League of Legends Story Mode. So let's get this one out of the way right now. League of Legends is easily one of, if not the most played video game of all time. As of 2022, the game averages 180 million active players per month with concurrent players hanging consistently around two to three million. Take that next to their biggest competitor, Dota 2, which has only been averaging between 500 and 800,000 active players this year with their all time high sitting at 1.3 million competitors like smite. Don't even come close hitting a peak of about 30,000. And while blizzards heroes of the storm doesn't have any good statistics for us to pull, it's a safe bet that it's somewhere between Dota and smite player bases, if not maybe less. So how does the game get to be so big? That takes us back to development in the last chapter. I mentioned two names that were vital in League's early success. First, Steve Ginsu Feek. If you're already deep in the MOBA scene, the name Ginsu should sound familiar to you as he's already got items named after him in both League and Dota, although it might've been removed from Dota at this point, copyright reasons. But Feek was a key figure in League's predecessor's success. Originally a map designer, Feek would take over production of the spin-off Dota All-Stars. In the early days of MOBA, when Dota was still a mod, Various spin offs would come about with new characters and features. All Stars would bring all of the best heroes together to create what was the best Dota experience so far. So, Feek had already gained massive insight into what was making Dota popular, as well as what was holding it back well before he would join Riot. But in 2006, inspired by the direction Beck and Merrill were taking with their live service successor to Dota, Feek would join Riot and add three years of experience to a genre that was still basically encompassed in a single mod. And I can't forget one of Feek's biggest achievements, the item recipe system, which has sort of become a standard in the MOBA genre. This allowed players to build on top of their items, scaling them throughout the match, which adds yet another element of strategy in this advanced game of active chess. But gameplay alone doesn't make you reach League of Legends heights. You need a strong and loyal community. And that's where Steve Meskin comes in. Side note, I've been pronouncing his name all wrong last episode. Meskin was working on Dota All-Stars in a different capacity, managing DotaAllStars.com, which even back in the early 2000s, saw over a million users a month. This website brought players together to discuss not only what they loved, but what they thought could improve about the game. Dota fostered a strong, tight-knit community through Meskin's site, which proved vital in keeping attention on this new genre. So along with Feek, Meskin would join Riot as Director of Community Relations. The next massive factor was competition, or rather the lack thereof. As a spiritual successor to Dota, the first mobile with some staying power, that was Riot's only true competition. And like we mentioned in the last chapter, being a mod held Dota back in several respects. Most importantly though, it wasn't nearly as accessible as it could have been. Upon full release of League of Legends in 2009, it was basically the only self-contained mobile. Dota 2 was four years away, and Smite and Heroes of the Storm wouldn't step into the ring until 2014 and 15, respectively. For nearly four uninterrupted years, Riot had breathing room to make the MOBA genre their own. Pulling Feek and Meskin from Dota simply made this a whole lot easier. Now back to esports. The whole concept of Riot Games began as a tournament organization, so when their game finally launched, they saw yet another opportunity. A game focused solely on multiplayer had to have a competitive aspect, something Dota had lacked without a proper rank system. After two years of success, the Season 1 World Championship was conducted at DreamHack in Sweden 2011, with what was, at the time, a massive prize pool of $100,000. Things would really come to a head in 2013, though. Worlds were held at a sold-out Staples Center with a prize pool of $1 million. From here, there were more eyes than ever before on professional gaming, and it's safe to say esports was, in a way, legitimized after this tournament. Let's not forget about the humble beginnings of esports. Some of the earliest known gaming competitions were for high scores on arcade games. This would eventually evolve into one-on-one competitions like fighting or sports games in the 90s. But by the time the 2000s rolled around, internet connectivity was vastly improved as were the games being played. Games like StarCraft in particular would take massive steps for competitive gaming, especially in Asian markets. But by World Season 2, Riot was well on its way to dethrone StarCraft in Korea One of the world's biggest markets, not only was their game doing ridiculous numbers, but in 2013, riot was finally able to call players, professional athletes recognized through us immigration services. And honestly, the rest is history. Prize pools continue to grow, hitting over 6 million and grand prizes of over 2 million in the last couple of years. The player base shows absolutely no sign of slowing down. And there are now 12 international leagues dedicated to league of legends. League of Legends isn't just the biggest game in the world. It's the king of MOBAs, and quite possibly the biggest step in the recognition of esports and its athletes. Whether you love it or hate it, League of Legends and Riot Games have completely changed the landscape of gaming as we know. it. But that's all I've got time for this week, folks. Go on in the comments and tell me why League is so toxic, and why I'm toxic for loving it. I know it's coming. Like, share, subscribe, ring the bell. You know the deal by now. And of course, I'll be back with another story mode very soon. Peace.